as the tallest and uh, most popular, I would say. Definitely. Tallest and most po- tallest, tallest, I'll give you. Well, I mean, yeah, you have to. You guys could get in a fucking trench coat and not be anywhere near as tall as me. Yeah. You, well, that's how that's how the EU elections work, isn't it? Welcome back to the Jim, Burns and Dave podcast. We've been away. No, we've not been in jail. That's coming. But we've been working and doing stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we've been abroad, mm. but now we're back. And we thought we should probably start doing the talking again. There's been lots to talk about recently, yeah. isn't there? Well, it has been like 15 months. Uh, yeah. A few, uh... However, there has only really been one topic to talk about in those 15 months, but we're not going to talk about that yeah, because that's true. We're just... nothing's fucking changed. Yeah, so. exactly. So just you can <laughs> yeah, listen to that one great. again if you want some of the Tony Blair chat. But this yeah, yeah. one's going to be about stuff that is actually relevant. This is, um, yeah, th- this is great because I remember the last one we recorded before this was just before E3 last year. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's it's... Well, isn't isn't it almost exactly a year now? I thought it was like Christmas the year before that. No, because it was. Remember, we did one. We did that Christmas, and then we did nothing for like six months, and then we recorded the one before E3 last year, which was going to be like we're going to record a podcast in the beach, and this is going to be like a rebirth. Oh for, yeah, like, I don't then, even know if we released that. No, one. we did release it because ever <laughs> yeah. since people have been like, "Where's yeah, your beach we podcast?" Because of various work-related circumstances, uh, people just been editing the wind out from the beach one, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But we're back now, and everyone's feeling pretty good. I think we've done some cool. stuff stuff in the interim there's that lovely resident evil live action commercial which you saw and loved yeah which people uh, from various online institutions described as great and uh, a fitting tribute to george a romero so cheers george obviously he's uh, he's away so yeah we would never say it was better obviously we would just say it's different and hopefully good there you go desperately trying not to say something that someone will go I can't believe I was listening to the Jeremy that's your entire podcast. career yeah, this exactly. is like the tightrope the this tightrope. Is, that, that like you dangerously close to Jack Tretton talking about Jack Palance kind of uh, <laughs> and vibes then, and then some minder having to run on and be like well please don't upset the, the, yeah. the estate of Jack Palance yeah well listen speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of upsetting the estate or the uh, the memory of it's been 20 years since The Phantom Menace came out. Was Jack Palance in that? Uh, no, but... What's the link here? Uh, Star Wars The Just Phantom Menace. Just current and relevant stuff. Star Wars <laughs> Episode One: The Phantom Menace upset yeah. the, uh, the, the memory of many people's past lives. Yeah. Their okay. childhoods and, were and so demolished in, yeah. on one fateful day. Yeah. But I don't hate it. I don't hate the movie. Even though the movie itself is terrible, and I did write a piece about it being terrible uh, when I was at Video Gamer... I will never not like it because I always remember the anticipation, the build-up to it. And I just don't think... Well, we won't because we're old. Maybe if there's you know a 20-year gap between the Avengers and MCU, you might have that same sort of Potentially, thing. Potentially, but I think that that world is filled with video games and other spin-offs mm. and graphic novels and everything else as well. So like the Star Wars thing was just how long you waited since the yeah. last iteration of that scale that you could get your eyes on yeah it's so it was about 14 i think and so obviously i wasn't reading variety or the trades where it had been announced like 93 i think the you were definitely was. reading variety at 14 yeah, i was in variety being arrested and as soon as that marketing and the hype started to roll it just it felt like something special was happening and it was 
Now, the movie was crap, but you were going to see a Star Wars movie for the first time in 16 years or so. As you say, Dave, there wasn't this monolithic culture of constant tie-ins because up until about 1991, when they had the was it Thrawn books, mm. Star Wars was eh, kind of by the by. It was yesterday's thing. It was still cool toys and video games, but it wasn't anywhere there like it is now. Mm. And also how you consume media, because you wouldn't have Netflix or no. DVD sets. You'd yeah. go to your blockbuster maybe to get it. Yeah. And yeah, when Richard, I think I, think I came home from school one day and Richard Blackwood was on MTV at this point and he was introducing the Star Wars trailer. And of course, that trailer was unfucking believable We watched it before we started this. It's still so, so good. Yeah. Mainly because it's got all the movie's good bits in it. And there are quite a few, the pod racing, the Jedi battle at the end. But oh, yeah, there's a lot of really, really bad shit in there, isn't there? When's the last time you, you revisited it? I uh, watched it a couple of years ago when I wrote that piece. The piece I was referring to for Video Gamer it was a few years ago now. But yeah, I, it, one thing I will say about it is it still it feels really like Star Wars in a way that some of, like even Attack of the Clones doesn't. Attack of the Clones is a thousand times worse than The Phantom Menace. A thousand Attack of the Clones is one of the worst movies. That's my memory I've of it. I've not revisited any of that trilogy. That, since that's a weird thing release. as well because, like, the traditional line of thinking uh, a while back, I remember, was that the consensus was that Phantom Menace was the worst one, and then they got progressively mm. better. That and Revenge of the Sith was like, oh, it's, just, it's, it's fantastic. He nailed it. He actually did it. And like, but the reality, the cold hard reality, is that Phantom Menace is the only one with any any answer of soul in it and clones and sith are like fucking dreadful by any objective yardstick like even the blocking it like the um the the way he's like set up each scene it's like two shot after two shot after two it's like i've got a theory that because uh that was like the first kind of major hollywood production that was that was shot digitally basically right and um all of a sudden there was no um clones uh, clones, yeah. yeah, sorry. So all of a sudden, they don't have any sort of barriers between, uh, you, you know, as soon as they shoot something, they've got the footage and it's there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone works now. But it's like, I think a lot of filmmaking technique was lost on that production because they were, all, all of a sudden, it was far too convenient to get something out of the camera. And I, I think, think it's more was, about just the sense you will do it in post because it was a lot of green yeah. screen and stuff. And but now we're developing think, technology where yeah. you can have the VFX kind of put in yeah. to a monitor on set whilst you're walking around so you get a kind of pre-rendered yeah. version of it. But that's what I mean. His head's not in the game when he's on set directing. It's like, they're, they're, it's, it almost feels like they're rushing to get it into the can just so they can do all the cool shit afterwards. And it's a weird thing because yeah. the technology wasn't there then to do no, that. No, it wasn't. But, but these films and through them, Lucas's empire of tech has driven the mm. technology to be at the point that he mm. would have wanted yeah. it to be at when he was making them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Phantom Menace is not. A, is it a bad film? It's I terrible. It's, I, I, I can't really remember the one and three. Terrible. Two, I remember being like insulted at how much of a waste of my time it was to have gone yeah. and watched that. I mean, that two, fucking... two is is many many leagues below it in the it, or above it. Yeah. I suppose I suppose Phantom Menace just looks good compared to the other two. Phantom Menace actually has loads of really. Sorry, that was that was a bit Reddit thread. That Phantom Menace actually has, <laughs> but it does have some. It does have very cool moments, and it is carried in the first instance, at least, by the discovery of 
the characters of Anakin and, and Qui-Gon. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, Liam Neeson is generally fine in the movie. I get the feeling that he knows that it's not great, but he has the stoicism and that's why he's essentially only in the movie for. But any of the, the lightsaber stuff is much, much better than any of the other two movies because they're not just CGI in the characters. What uh, For Christopher Lee, they had like a stuntman and his face was on the stuntman and all the twirling and Yoda and Revenge of the Sith and... He wasn't there uh, for either Attack of the Clones or Sith. And there is, without sounding too much like a fanboy, there is some heart there. There is some grounding, some set that they're on. But Podray stuff is still really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending is too badly intercut, which is famously talked about by Ben Burt on the beginning, the excellent DVD making of, which I would never, ever shut up about, which outlines every element of the production of episode one. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. I still feel good about the movie just because I remember the build-up to it. Yeah, I thought it was bad at the time, but there were moments that I liked. But mainly it was, as you say, Dave, you consume media differently and everyone was moving in the right direction towards this movie. It's a, fashion, a fascinating cultural yeah. artefact, though, isn't it? Yeah. And that, that's kind of where its place is yeah. now. The it anticipation was, about yeah, it. Yeah, there's a book about what it, it called. went on to drive rather than the yeah. actual film oh, itself. Yeah, there's a book about it called Anticipation, which, um, ironically enough, isn't actually that good. <laughs> but the first half of, of the book is really good because it, it talks about anticipation. And one thing about The Phantom Menace is it was, it was released at the cusp of the internet really going to the places or the beginning of the places that we know it as now, the internet as it is now. So you'd have Ain't It Cool News, you'd have rumours coming in saying, oh, I've read the scripts for episode one or I've gone to London. And I've, I've sat in you know, Claridge's or Dorchester, wherever it was, and I've read this script for someone gave it to me. So there was also this kind of, espionage is the wrong word, but this cloak and dace excitement that was happening in a world which was still ruled by rumour and innuendo. Like those old stories you'd hear on the playground. There is a Ghostbusters 3, but it's only available, it's only out in America. You know, I watched it when I was you know, in America or whatever. And that world was ending but this was the perfectly timed movie. So you could still get rumours about it. Oh, it was called this, or now it's called that, or who, this is who's going to be in it. So you could just immediately disprove something by getting your phone out and going, oh, no, he's not in it because, you know, he said this. So, yeah, a shite movie, great build-up. What's the uh, streetcar named Desire episode is in The Simpsons? Better than the act is the anticipation. There you go. There you go. Star Wars episode one. Load of shit. Good sword fine. <laughs> I liked it. Well, mm. hold on. Where were you, Jim? Where was I? Were you in Wales? No, I was in Scotland by that point. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, how was it? How was it up there? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I can't remember. Was it before? It was before that, wasn't it? Because you had the 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 the, the re releases in 1997, right? Yes. Yeah. So we'd had, if I remember rightly, we'd had like Star Wars kind of fever in the late 90s. Started with the remasters coming back into the cinema. Yeah, it was yeah, the, the kind of proving ground for some of the special effects stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, and it was like, and they reintroduced that stuff with Jabba the Hutt in the first film, and it was really seen as like a, like, like you say, like a test bed for, yeah. not just for the effects, but also for like, does anyone give a shit about this anymore? Yeah. And turns out like people really, really did. Um, what I remember is like Star Wars always being a thing in the background that was like a thing people liked, and but then like, it hitting absolute fever pitch and then 
the the it, 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 I suppose it has kind of parallels with you know everything really the lost finale Game of Thrones or whatever just like when it when it actually kind of there's so much anticipation then when it actually hit like you know I think there was a there was an afterglow of about six months where everyone was like yeah yeah oh, yeah Star Wars <laughs> is back and then people were just like wait a minute Star Wars isn't back <laughs> yeah, well it's kind of happened I know we mm. said about how things have really changed but. That sort of thing, sticking the landing, as it were. I remember as well... Game of Thrones. Do you remember... um, Because in the past, right, um, before sort of like nerdy kind of pop culture nonsense became like the fucking Dominion, became like basically everything... The uh, particularly kind of British outlets, I guess, but you, you had it in America as well. A lot of the kind of the, the the media would be really snooty about these things, so they'd be really like uh, they'd be really kind of patronising fucking pieces at the end of the news about all these absolute wallopers queuing outside cinemas to because you had people camping yeah. outside uh, meg multiplexes and stuff to get in. And I remember a Vox Pop package on one of these fucking programs with like a really stuffy presenter giving, and, and now we go to the idiots. And was, it, was it Peter Sissons? Was it a Peter Sissons type? Someone like you that, know. yeah. It's like, you know, and now, like News of yeah. Ten, they used to have that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the like, little wrap-up, which was, the world's on fire. Yeah. I mean, and in the 90s, the world was okay. Yeah. It was still bad, but the Forever War Just was the, way yeah. off. The Forever <laughs> War was way off, yeah, but it was, uh, you know. And, it, you, you know, we, what, what, what the fuck, what, what was the big political scandal in... Uh, uh, Blair or Oasis, really, wasn't it? Yeah. In the 90s? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was Lewinsky... Which Spice Girl do you fancy? Uh, in nineteen, well, the, the, in nineteen ninety-eight, what was the biggest political scandal? Clinton and Lewinsky. Lewinsky, yeah, yeah, um, in Britain. That didn't matter. <laughs> that was the only no, show no, in town. It was like yeah. every, everyone was still quite happy with Blair, weren't they? Uh, no, like, I think Enemy had run a front cover around about ninety. People were starting to get annoyed because he wasn't like betrayed yet or something. Yeah, because he didn't immediately reverse everything that Thatcher did. Anyway. So that was the problem back then. But <laughs> seems quite quaint now looking yeah, back, doesn't yeah, it? Totally. So yeah, I remember this Vox part and, and I only remember one of the actual but I think it'll stay with me forever. Um and it was a guy saying uh, into the camera he's and somebody was saying to him like, oh, "Why why the fuck are you even here? Why are you camped outside a cinema? What's the are you really, you know, and he said, uh, listen, I don't care if it's two hours of George Lucas sitting in his bathtub. I'm going to be there day one and I'm going to love every mm. second. I'm like, you will fucking eat those words because... Turns out you'd rather have watched it. Turns out you'd rather... Bath. I would uh, genuinely... A lot, lot more pathos. I would, rather, I would rather see, watch two hours of George Lucas showing his whole ass, which is basically <sighs> what he did in I the mean, Phantom Menace documentary, isn't it? He's not up to much these days. I reckon if we get a Patreon on... For Jim to see George Lucas's whole ass, yeah. we might. I'm sure he's skinned after selling it to Excuse, excuse me, Stephen. It's a figure of speech. Come on now. But yeah, the Game of Thrones thing as well is that the problem, obviously, with any Star Wars media and especially with Episode One, was you mm. had had too much time. This is why I like waiting for TV shows to end and then watching them. So you don't come at it with all that preconceived. So I watched all of Breaking Bad after it finished. Mm-hmm. So, I had well, no. Re- I hadn't spent ten years going. This mm. is my theory. It's kind of like when you desperately want something mm. to end like that. It does not matter. And mm. I know I have not seen the Game of Thrones ending, and I know why well, I've heard that it's bad. But what I'm saying is, is that 
when you're in that sort of fandom, that feeling in your mind, mm. you're never actually going to be really happy no matter what. Yeah. But I do miss that kind of collective viewing. I think Avengers you know, what, has kind of what brought a cooler that back. moments, I believe. Avengers called. has done that, and Game of Thrones did do that. My Twitter mm. was fucking hell. Can open it on Monday. Because I don't really follow... Well, I follow people who watch Game of Thrones, but I don't follow any of the ancillary shit around it, like the talk was it the talk show about Game of Thrones. or So I wasn't getting any spoilers whatsoever. And people that were watching it and were in the fan theories and down the rabbit holes, they were waking up going, oh, it's been spoiled again, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you know... Uh, but yeah, that happened, but you're can right. You talk, just, sorry, can you talk into the mic? Because you kind of at the side of it and getting a lot of echo excuse me excuse me redact that statement uh yeah yes yes darling uh you they're still both tossers in case you hadn't picked yeah. that up in the but i think that still happens with the like avengers and thrones has had that collective yeah. cultural moment mm-hmm. but it's not as prevalent as it was i would say hmm. so yeah that was the fan of menace it was um incredibly racist in parts Laid uh, some incredible groundwork in fan entitlement, I guess, didn't it? But the thing is, though, is that all that whole, like, you know, George Lucas raped my child. I mean, uh, that fucking, that entire phrase is, is horrendous. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think if, if that phrase had been invented now and tweeted, the person tweeting it would be immediately cancelled. But Because well, um, yeah. it's, hor- it's such a horrendous thing to invoke over just being disappointed by a fucking film about spaceships mm, to yeah. fucking wind your neck in. Um, <laughs> but it, it really is, it's, it's kind of ground zero for that, isn't it? It's kind of because it's like that, that generation felt like they owned that property and then it didn't do what they wanted it to do. Yeah. Yeah. The Phantom Menace, I think was the, the tipping point or ground zero for what you would say in some instances as toxic fandom, mm. because Star Wars had been the franchise that if you that people are nerds about everything, you know, it's just their nerddom is generally about mm. something like engineering or something that is considered cool. But knowing stuff was just being a nerd, right? Or a dork. Mm. But in the 70s and 80s, nerdness was sci fi movies, Star Wars, and all of that. And then it went away and. It just wasn't very prevalent, Star Wars. You had the droids, comics. You had the books in the early 90s. But people thought, and I think this is where the gatekeeping comes from, that because they were there, that we were there, man. And they taken the heat in school or whatever for being dorks when it was culturally unacceptable to like a lot of laser swords, Mm -hmm. that now they feel that other people haven't done their initiation. Hijacked their culture. Yeah, I mean, you know, and now it is, like, people have loved Star Wars forever. I loved Star Wars forever. When I was a kid, you know, I can't remember the first time I, well, like, first time I saw it, but Mm. it just always seemed to have been there, like it was pre-programmed. Star Wars was always built in. You just knew about it. And so I think episode one, with the birth of the internet, as I was saying, getting towards how we know it now, with the talk back on AICN, forums all of this and i think i got onto the internet for the first time about 97 98 so so that's a right you know it's the perfect storm for that movie to come in Mm. and actually i was on the phantom menace um piece on ain't it cool news reading through the uh, contemporaneous comments from 1999 they are amazing it's just in the build-up so it's uh it's april 99 going this is going to be the greatest movie ever this is the movie. 
people going, you need to calm down. And other people going, I've read the script and it's terrible. And it's just everything that you see on Twitter today. It's that. So it is the start, mm. I think, of that. But Star Wars was uniquely placed because it was such a cultural thing, a cultural icon that had just gone away, it seemed. It wasn't like, how to put this, Star Trek, for example. So Star Trek, people love that. But Star Trek was back in various different iterations. You had mm. movies running through the 1980s. You had The Next Generation. Mm. You, know, you had all of that. It was, I wouldn't ever say continuous, but you never had to wait that long for something to come back. Mm. And it wasn't the second coming. Star Wars was, a, the Star Wars movies were back and it was 16 years. And if you saw, you know, if you saw it as a kid, you were an adult and you had responsibilities now. Fucking bollocks, isn't it? And then you were going to get mad because it didn't capture the feeling of you being seven years old and walking into a man Chinese theatre or somewhere in Dagenham probably and fucking watching the cunt. Hmm. Yeah, that's sad, isn't it? But there is new Star Trek, Jim. But yeah, there's lots of new Star Trek. I mean, it's, I think it's a really good... Is, are we on Star Trek now? Is oh, that, that's that's segue. segueing out of yeah. the uh, six-hour right. conversation yeah, Jim, where you're going to do the talking. To give you right. a, a shot gonna, at Star Trek. Because right, okay, we had an argument over WhatsApp, which we weren't... Well, not an argument, it was more like one of those kind of older, younger brothers. Well, what spats. happened was, is that the trailer for the new Picard series uh, came out, and you were very confused initially, I think, because you had no idea that Picard's family owned a vineyard, and this was news to you. That's what you chose to be raging at. Um, not, not particularly. I just didn't know. I didn't know why it was important, and that's my own ignorance. But I think, <laughs> I think most. You were it, like, so you were like, oh, why is he on Earth now? Why is why is he in a vineyard? Why is he picking grapes? None, none of this makes any, you know. And it was like, well, the significance of it though is difficult is difficult to sort of surmise. But basically, the idea of coming home is a complicated issue for Picard because he couldn't he couldn't get away from home fast enough. I mean, the origin story of the character is that his family, his father, wanted him to grow up and run the vineyard with his brother, and he didn't want to do that. He wanted to go off and join Starfleet and explore and, mm. and be be a galactic hero and blah blah blah. He went off and did that, and then and then he got uh, and then he got captured by the Borg and surgically altered and basically abused and and severely what's the word not maimed mutilated mutilated there we go um so then he got captured by the borg and got and got you know he was mutilated and he was uh, uh he was literally scarred for life Cracking episodes yeah then. physically and mentally but the third episode in that arc after he comes after they get him back and everything and he goes to to visit his brother to visit his family and he's not been there for like 20 years you know it's quite a significant episode because like you know they've, they've broken him and this is not a character that you used to this is this is this is uh, picard was a he was an authoritative figure. He was he was a, he was a pillar of strength. He was you know he projected you know the the, the Federation authority, but also um, Federation values values of, of 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 inclusion and empathy. And anyway, so the the vineyard is really significant for a character that's kind of got to the end of his life and apparently is really unhappy. Because of oh, well, that's everyone. That though, isn't that's not a character. That's humanity. I mean, it's millennial Star Trek, isn't I, it? He's I, got mental no, health problems. I think now. one of the things that struck me about, it, and that was a that was a very lovely and lyrical way of describing man goes back to see his family and hates them, which is every man's <laughs> journey. But I just let me let me. I'll talk about some assumptions I've made about Star Trek. Okay, it's in the future, right? Correct. And I thought that Earth just probably didn't Largely. exist anymore because we just all fucked it up. I think that was probably because you'd once told me that there was some sort of 
world war. No, but you're talking about science fact. This is science fiction. So yeah, we have entirely destroyed the planet in yeah. the fictional Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I didn't even know how close they were to Earth. I know that they can just, you know, zip about in this fucking pizza cutter that they're on. But at the same time, pizza. I was a bit like, what's the fucking point in having a show mm-hmm. where you can fly around anywhere and do anything and invent mm-hmm. anything and you want to spend it in a fucking vineyard what's that about that's a Sofia Coppola fucking movie yeah yeah but I yeah think but you could go and actually, do anything that sounds, you want to spend movies are brilliant yeah. right in I'm in now so I'm back <laughs> I think you're, you're extrapolating an entire TV show from a, from a 40 second teaser this is the fan this is toxic fan um, <laughs> this is toxic anti-fan it's just going well meta <laughs> Ask Steve Burns to describe I've what happens got... in Star Trek with these cues. Uh, I don't know. Uh, can you buy Picard wine in the real world? Can, actually. I think. I, I do think they... I, I don't know if you still can, but there was definitely a company producing it for a while. It comes from a real... like a Well, in, in universe, it comes from what is like a real region, doesn't it? It's like... Le, the, I mean, that's the, quite a lot of the Earth. Yeah, things. but that, that's like... It comes from like the, the Le, Le Bar region of... France and the, it's the like it's, it's based on something Grapes that has that, roots yeah. in reality yeah. I mean I know wine as a concept has roots in reality <laughs> but I think it goes a little bit deeper you fucking middle class seller um, what's but, happened to your bookie <laughs> um I don't know. I mean, we, we, the thing about the Picard show is that we don't know anything about it yet, apart from the fact that it's happening and the fact that nobody really expected to ever see that character again. I'm excited about that mm. because even though I won't watch it, we do need more TV shows which are about hope. <laughs> which are no, about actually, yeah, that is. Which are and people int- are excited about see, it. That, that, Sarcastic coming out of his mouth, even yeah, though he actually said that quite see, sincerely. That, that, that is oh, a, I'm, I'm incapable of being sincere. I, I was always up for like, it's got, oh, it's got to be dark. Why is everything so happy? Yeah. Can we not have something mm. moody? And now everything's, everything's gone so moody, far right? that way. It's like, yeah. oh man, every time I watch a TV show, I'm like, shit, stuff's mm. bad, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know. Mm. People are excited and I think they should be excited about it. And, mm. you know, listen, Patrick Stewart's back now and Patrick Stewart's knocking on. So he's, you know, hopefully nothing will happen to him. But I'm just saying. No, I hope he's immortal. He's brilliant. He probably is. Well, that's a, the Discovery kind of was the nice... I haven't finished second season yet. I'm working my way through it. Kind of towing the line between that optimism of Star Trek, but mm. also a bit of more... Because the problem with a lot of Star Trek is that she isn't really any threat. Because everything's a bit too smart. I think a, nice. a, lot, a lot of the thing... I mean, I think with Next Gen in particular, a lot of it is kind of fucking sitting around talking about the final points of diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Which is why, like, Star Trek has this reputation in direct contrast to... Like, it's often directly contrasted with Star Wars, where, like, a lot of the, the complaint about Star Trek is, like, well, nothing happens in Star Trek. It's just people talking, which is, you know, which is probably why people were so upset when Phantom Menace came out in the first act. Is fucking, <laughs> it's, it's Star Trek, fucking right? four hours about trade disputes. It's basically, like, fucking watching what the parliament fucking channel now isn't it so it's like well, fucking, hey, parliament channel's yeah. got loads more action than Star Wars yeah. episode one <laughs> the Star Wars episode one is like it, it's Brexit fatigue the movie isn't it it's like fucking <laughs> oh it's a trade dispute on the planet Naboo and it's like oh fuck <laughs> but people oh. should be happy about there's that. a hard border going up around Gibraltar oh, I don't oh, care God. So over time, that became because yeah, I remember like from that for that generation, for, but, but old people are universally all wankers. But 
the uh, that generation always used to uh, argue with each other about what, who the best captain was. Was it Picard or was it Kirk? What's the best series? Is it Next Gen or is it? And Next Gen had this uh, reputation at the time for being like a shit imitation of the original series. But actually, I think now the needle has shifted to like, well, actually, uh, Next Gen is actually the really good one, the really intellectual one that's got good writing and good acting. And Kirk was a tosser. And that series was made in the 60s. And it's incredibly fucking misogynistic. I've just started working my way through <laughs> from the beginning. So I've just finished the first season of yeah. the original one. Yeah. And I was having a discussion with Jim where basically every plot point comes down to, but what we need is a crazy hot woman. It's like, yeah. we're going down to this planet of robots that disguise themselves as crazy hot young women. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, this thing that's got episode. on board that sucks your face and turns you into a crazy hot young woman. Yeah. And that's basically the plot point of 26 yeah. of the first 30 episodes. Can you um, yeah. see these online or? <laughs> it's no, all on Netflix. No, no. Yeah. But it's like, um, there, I don't think there is any real, I mean, they did amazing, some amazing stuff in the original series, but I don't think that you can really have any kind of proper intellectual argument that TNG no, it's, it's is more interesting to see it in the context of when it was. Yeah. I mean, made. it's well, always I, been it's different to the stuff right? around it, isn't it? On television. Then? Yeah. There are, there are only two episodes that I know about in the original series. Mm-hmm. One is, uh, is it the city? On the edge, of city on the edge of forever. Of forever, yeah. Yeah, the one. The other one is something that I read about. It's where Kirk gets aged. He get he gets old really quickly throughout the episode. And I found out about this episode because I was looking at William Shatner's alleged wigs, and they had a full breakdown of because as he's getting older. They're going to take his makeup off or like get rid of his hair, aren't they? Now, mm-hmm. if he had a full head of hair, you'd have a bald cap or whatever. But they were breaking it down frame by frame. If he's putting a wig on, you just take the wig off. But then he can't do that because then you'll know it's a wig. It was fantastic. And uh, that's the only two episodes that I know about for... I mean, that's you've basically covered everything. You for need varying different... Yeah, Shatner's wig and uh, the one that won all those awards. So the way you generally criticise film and television or anything is comes down to the wigs yeah. or the watches uh-huh. and occasionally the, the clothes. Bohemian mm. Rhapsody's wigs, terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, it took me out of it. There's some amazing uh, episodes of the original series. City on the Edge of Forever is one of them. City on the, Fred- on the Edge of Forever sets almost sets the template for every single time travel story on television that comes after it. It's really brilliant. It's one of these things where, like, even if you don't like Star Trek, there's certain Star Trek episodes which are really worth yeah. watching. As the Next Gen has one, uh, well, Next Gen's got a few, but there's one in particular called Measure of a Man, which is all about somebody from Starfleet Medical is trying to, trying to legally force Picard to turn over custody of data to him so he can like take data apart uh, in order to figure out how to build more data and and, it, and and it's the whole thing turns basically a hearing where Picard has to convince a judge that data might be a machine but he's actually sentient and that mm-hmm. has a lot of kind of like obviously that the themes of that episode just get more and more relevant as, as we yeah. you what's know, the deal with, the, into the future, with data right? you know obviously he's an android a fucking moron here okay yeah we all know that but how like is he truly sentient or is it well yeah he's like, basically does, could he enjoy football could he enjoy something <laughs> as stupid as football or wrestling? Could he enjoy yeah. professional wrestling? Um, something so illogically brilliant. Join us next week and we ask data. <laughs> Can you enjoy? <laughs> We're joined by Bruce. 
Surely that's got to be up for debate in the show, right? Yeah, I mean that's the sort of thing they explore, right? Yeah. I mean they they don't they don't talk about wrestling, but they talk about um, because it's fucking TNG and it's basically like fucking the Tory Next Generation. <laughs> they they always go to you know between fucking in their downtime they have like fucking clarinet recitals and stuff in Ten Forward. So it's all very like it's all a bit prep school, you know. But if whole, you can enjoy music, then. Well, yeah, but it's yeah. like he learns how to play an instrument, but obviously because he's an android, he's very precise and it's mm. really easy for him to learn how to play music. But to do it with any sort of any sort of humanity, to do it with any uh, to do it in a way that isn't mechanical mm. is something that's difficult for him to learn. And there's a whole kind of arc about him. That's learning. classic sci-fi interesting yeah. questions, yeah. though, isn't it? But like, I think what the I think what it boils down to is that data is sentient in his own way. And he tries to understand the human condition through like exploring art and, and love and all these kind of things. But like, he's no less sentient because he doesn't have a handle on those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people don't have a handle on how thermonuclear weapons yeah. work. I don't, I don't blame them. Speaking of robots who may or may not be alive <laughs> and know stuff, the trailer for Terminator Dark Fate. Oh yeah. Uh, Sarah Connor being back. Great. The movie looks like a fucking jeans advert. Everyone, every fucking action, every movie looks like a jeans advert. Okay, it's degrading, isn't it? Uh, it's terrible. There are no stakes here. It's just more fucking. Uh, now we've got now we've got three robots fighting or whatever. Uh, the main robot bad guy in this one appears to be a redditor, and it's just the the mistake that they made. And we're yeah. very quick about this is the mistake that everyone wants the Alien franchise to make by having. A sequel, a straight sequel to Aliens, where Ripley and Hicks just do the movie again. There are no stakes in any of the future Terminator movies, apart from the very end of three, because they're all just remakes of Terminator 2 by worse directors with worse actors Mm -hmm. and regurgitated plots. So the next Terminator movie should have one T800 in it. Yeah. Well, that's, I think you're right, because as we've discussed with Alien and Aliens and Terminator and Terminator 2, is that that's the the next logical step to, yeah. to ramp it up, but then it just continues down those lines, continually like doubling the amount of Terminators or doubling the yeah. amount of spaceships or whatever it is, rather than pulling it back to the core of what made it. Yeah, well, they continue as you say, their expansions. We talked about this before: Aliens and Terminator Two. Terminator Two could have the same tagline as Aliens. This time, it's war. It only really works next to the Terminator or Alien because you've established the rules of the universe and how the the threat operates. Now you have something which counters the threat. Oh shit, there's a new version. And there's a reason why Alien 3 and Terminator 3 ended Apocalypse, whether that's personal for Ripley, who kills herself. And you feel like she's probably killed herself anyway, mm-hmm. even if she wasn't, uh, didn't have the Alien Queen inside of her. Terminator 3 ends with the world actually ending because they're like, you can't, you just postpone judgment. That's day. kind of basically the logical conclusion of that yeah, because franchise, isn't it? Yeah, really? exactly. Personal or uh, you know, or, or planetary apocalypse is is the end point because it's all been set in motion, and that's actually what a lot of the themes of the movies are about, especially mm. when you get towards the end of the second and into the third one. And I just think that an Aliens movie, Aliens Two, as it were. Well, so what now? We go to the alien home planet. <sighs> Why? That's a really fucking bad idea. Yeah, we tried. We also tried that one. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see where... Where, where are the stakes here? Mm. So the stakes in the first of those movies are we actually care about these people. 
they have low-key jobs, you know, space truckers, or you know, she's a waitress. I mean, the They're first, just trying the first to get film by. Is basically, a slasher film, isn't it? I the mean, first film is exactly fucking what Maniac is, yeah. Cop, as someone yeah. tweeted me. Uh, yeah. You know, and Terminator Two becomes this big, ginormous action blockbuster. Mm. I think by virtue of them wanting to push the envelope more. Yes, and James Cameron loves hardware. Yes, mm. but because. The bu- that everyone expected the budget to be that big. They expected it, especially with Liquid Metal Terminator. Hmm. Now it's like, well, we've got to keep going. This time it's a, a, you know available to in the trailer for Dark Fate. Uh, one of the Terminators gets hit with a fucking, I don't know, a pole or something. He gets hit it, with a pole about 16 times in the trailer. We I know. It, I think this has almost come back round to the conversation about the tech from episode one, where now that has become so affordable to so many filmmakers that actually it's chucked in so often and repeatedly, whereas actually the, the horror and the moments we were talking about uh, from Terminator where he walks through and the gun clinks and then the cigarette yeah. uh, drops out of the mouth. And those, yeah, those this, little moments yeah. are the ones that... It's the, the first Terminator, the, the police station scene where he says, and this is the... I love this fucking... I love this line where the cops ask uh, Reese how it works and he has an idea of how it works. And then they ask him a really technical question and he loses it and says, I don't know, I didn't build the fucking thing. It's the perfect distillation of the frustration of the moment because he knows they don't believe him. They're not going to have a moment of that tension where, and especially where Sarah's in the back room Mm. asleep or trying to sleep and he's telling them that it's coming and the audience knows it's coming, but the audience doesn't know how powerful it truly is. So before, yes, it's had a, the T-800 days has like a concussive element. It's burst into tech noir. Mm. It's killed the punks. It's, it's done a lot of shit. Like it's, you know, cut out, whatever. But this full frontal assault on the police station tells you two things. One, Reese was right. It won't stop. Two, that's actually something of how you would kill it because it's not particularly intelligent in that way. So it tells you something about that, which leads into the second movie, which is the new one is a lot more intelligent, is a lot more of an infiltration model. So the thing that you sent back to protect you is way, is way out of its sleek. So you've got all that going on. The Terminator police station scene gives me the fucking fear. Because you're thinking, oh, well, you know, they've got all this weaponry, doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah. But you're right, though, it is horror with the paranoia and the slasher elements. Yeah, and when it smashes through and they, I think it's Sarah's like, oh, God, it's Mm. actually real. And that is a real horror movie trope. It, It could be Michael Myers that walks into that police station, you know, and he can't be stopped and he can't be mm-hmm. killed or whatever. So... Uh, I think, like, Terminator 2 is, is, is such a perfect sequel to Terminator. Yeah. In, in no small part because it mirrors ter- the Terminator really nicely. It brings a lot of the elements of the Terminator full circle. It makes the fucking T-800 the good guy. Yeah. You know, that's the most obvious one, obviously. But it really deals with elements of the first film that Sarah Connor really struggled with and, and, and really didn't quite accept. And so you see her in the second one having accepted it. And this, this I think one of the one of the scariest things about the, those two films isn't just the kind of the, the slasher element where you've got something unstoppable chasing you down. Mm. It's also this, you've got the unstoppable element of time and destiny as well. Like you've yeah. been dealt a really, uh, your life is going to go away that you did not want and you can't get away from that. Yeah. She can't, being like being the mother of the resistance literally is not what she wanted out of her life. She just no. wanted to be 
a fucking person who had a perm and a waitressing job. We all wanted to have a And, you know, uh, whatever. And then now she has to go and fucking be this Mm. person who's going to raise... Uh, like a really terrible child to become but the like the pressure is on this. her isn't it the, you can see it in the, her face the pressure yeah that's, it's like the absolute pressure of destiny and you know that it's the kind of th- that's the sort of thing that brings down yeah. government and one um, one great moment in that just before we go on in Terminator 2 mm. is that when you meet Sarah again she's shown to be unbelievably capable to be smarter smarter than all of her captors yeah uh, to want to get out and to have tried to play it her way uh, sorry their way by saying I've been good for you know to go through the levels to get out the you know day release or whatever and she then outsmarts the guards uh, mm-hmm. she outsmarts the police officers when they come for that you know uh, when they show the pictures she takes the the paperclip after all that when she sees Arnie get out the lift, she still goes to pieces because you would. Because she's on the floor, like she starts screaming mm-hmm. because the nightmare is back. Now, of course, he's good in this one, but that's it would have been easy for her to play it like she attacks him, or but that's the PTSD of mm-hmm. it is that she immediately starts screaming and trying to run away because she spent all these years building herself up. Oh, well, he's back now. And I think there's an element of she believes it totally that it will happen but now it's really in your face and yeah that's perfect screenwriting and there's nothing like that in the new ones you know she'll get out of that fu- as she does in the trailer she gets out now and just blows away that terminator why is she not scared of these things anymore like mm. i don't know i don't know it's gonna, it's gonna be shit also delete that gym in the in the future if it's actually good <laughs> <laughs> should we do some questions uh, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, so we jump over to the old video games. And uh, Megachurf says, did Lewis's section hit anyone else hard in Edith Finch? Which uh, mm. I believe you completed yesterday, Jim. Mm. I'm about halfway through, so I don't think I've got to Lewis yet. Yeah. He's, Otherwise the answer's no. Like that section sure is, is about. very much at the end. No. Um, so, uh, yeah, Edith Finch, it's been out for a while, hasn't it? But I think um, it, it recently went on to... It's the PlayStation. Um, plus download it was playstation plus i played it on xbox because it's on um because all the bug buzz about it was on but it coming on playstation plus but uh it's on xbox game pass as well and it's, it's absolutely worth if you've got either platform it's absolutely worth um going through it it's a really clever is walking simulator still a term that is used, yeah, like, it's kind of i like hate that, that term it? it's so reductive but anyway i hate sebastian co um but yeah it's uh first person interactive yes. narrative find the plot bits thing I don't know Na- plot point janitor you know <laughs> I, I don't that seems quite dismissive <laughs> interactive is. entertainment multi-generational storytelling because like, there's no cool secret passages I'm and shit abs- yeah, is it I like mean, Gone Home I've not played it it's uh, kind of it's similar it's a little same. bit like Gone Home is it the same yeah. company that made Gone I don't know but it's very similar fucking rad. it's a very similar vibe yeah. to Gone Home yeah yeah um, no guns in it. Well, there is a gun. Although, in it, obviously, the twist to gone. Are we allowed to talk about the twist to gone home now? Has it been? What's the? Yeah, well, some people that? might pick it up. Just say. Listen, the twist to gone home. Yeah, is good. Is that like the twist to gone home? Is that there's no badness going on in it? Yeah. Oh, no, but mm, well, depending on is could you there, say there could, is could there is it, there is badness, but not the there badness. Is bad, that you yeah. Expect. Could you say that like the 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 twist to Gone Home is that like there's nothing really weird going on? No, it's just that the the twist that's been built. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the 
the ending that's been built is not actually the yeah. source of the family's uh, dysfunction. Yeah. So, like, uh, so Edith Edith Finch is is a weird one because it's about it's 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 about death, like, mm-hmm. and it's about how people deal with it, and it's about how people live with it. And I think there's also elements of uh, the, 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 there's a real strong thread of uh, a, a family suffering from a uh, suffering from uh, melt mental illness, mm-hmm. and not all the same mental illness, but like the idea that this family is they all have a, a predilection to being to, to suffering from mental illness. And to just generally being quite unwell, um, they're very unfortunate. They all die quite young, apart from some very like, apart from like one or two specific examples. But it's also not as completely dark as that as well. It's quite whimsical in places. It's quite, it's quite it's whimsical like, in a lot of places, and it's very the surreal. Part of the beginning where you like turn into a cat and then a bird and then a shark yeah. and roll down a hill and stuff. It's really cool. But that, yeah. but even that sequence has a lot of whimsy, but it's mm. also like, you know, the, the the thing that it's dealing with is really sad. Yeah. But I think it's a really nice um, part of how they do the balance yeah. really well. Yeah. But like, um, so it's just, it's just, it's so fucking millennial. <laughs> like it's about, Stop fucking ragging on millennials. I'm not, I'm not, no, I fucking am one. You're a it's fucking little, yeah, you're a fucking old man now, aren't you? It's right. not, no, listen, I'm not fucking, I'm not talking, oh Jesus, it's not like, I'm not doing the fucking, the, the fucking, some fucking 50 year old wanker with a comment is free blog going on about if people didn't fucking eat avocado on toast they'd be able to have a yeah, fucking property cows. portfolio i'm not doing that i'm talking about <laughs> it from the perspective of somebody that. that this is fucking directed at it just, it feels like an incredibly generational game because i don't think I don't, I don't think anyone older than 40 would properly get it well, well i don't know if it i mean and it does fit alongside those other ones you classed as walking sims i guess everybody's gone to the rapture and mm. dear esther and um mm. and we we interviewed Jessica, Jessica Curry. Curry. Yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, she's, well, you guys did. I wasn't there. Oh, yeah, you weren't allowed. Uh, yeah, she's one of the funniest uh, interviews we've ever had. And yeah, uh, one of the She's uh, the composer for Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Mm. Yeah, great stuff. And Dear Esther. Yes. Um, I was going to say, like, the... So Dear Esther really kind of almost invented that walking sim genre, I guess. It um, definitely popularised. Yes. Mm. I'm going forward in first person and I don't have a gun. Yeah, I mean, that's weird. It's quite a it? nice change of pace, though, isn't it? Yeah, I like to have a gun at some points, but I can I can live without a gun for maybe yeah. an hour. Or you two. know, there's a then gun. I need a gun. There We're is... going to make a game where it's like ninety nine percent of it is just walking about and solving little puzzles, and it's all whimsy mm-hmm. and stuff. And then the last one percent is just gone fucking mad with two Uzis. That mm, how about that? I don't know. Sounds sounds a bit. Incel. That sounds like um, Steve Burns the video game. No, listen, I'm not. I'm not into violence anymore. I've had a, I've had a face turn. But a face mm. turn. I'm into positivity forever. You mm. know, we're gonna we're gonna have to do some shows where it's just about things that we like. And this cinema sins fucking shite where everything wrong with movies made by people more talented than you. It's just here's what I love about. Here's what's good. Here's what's good about Mega Drive cartridges. Here's what I like about these things. There you go. I reckon we could do that. Don't fucking steal that, anyone listening to this. <laughs> no, the internet doesn't run on positivity. That's not the uh, yeah, economics. Good. Listen, Dave, what's the next fucking cue? This is good. We've got, we got questions. What are the thoughts on the Sonic debacle? That's from Chris Wickstead. Shit. Well, I will say, and again, it's kind of like the Phantom Menace, is that no matter what happens in the Sonic movie, I can't hate it because in the build-up, 
one of my all-time favourite things was happening in Phantom Menace. That was the anticipation and the hype and everything we talked about and the to uh, togetherness. In Sonic, it was when you watch it and he puts on the uh, Ghetto Blaster boombox, whatever, and... Been spending most of my life. And Gangster's, Gangsters Paradise starts playing. And I just laughed. I laughed for so long that I had I left my house to go and get some lunch. And as I was walking down the road, I remembered it again and started laughing again. And it was one of those I mean, really- They really stick with it. Yeah. And it was one of those really ugly laughs, which looks like you're crying. And people were driving <laughs> past. And someone, at least one person was like looking at me as if, is this guy okay? Because I was nearly bent double and it must look like I was crying. Like something had happened here. <laughs> and it's not, you think it's just a gag because the 90s and everything it plays it just plays the duration of it <laughs> the it's rest so of the trailer is amazing. I'll never hate it for that <laughs> yeah no matter what it does it's immediately 7 out of 10 at worst oh god just uh, so going back to to fandom and the power of that do you agree with the idea that they're changing the look of Sonic because everyone hated it because admittedly it looks fucking nothing like Sonic I think there's uh, with character design that can change and Sonic's design has changed over the years but there were... Yeah, but that design doesn't look anything like it. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not like it's one of the designs out of these, say, hmm. three or four. I mean, there was an evening game about this, uh, Sonic Generations, where uh, so there's the two kind of designs of Sonic and their gameplay elements. It's not like this was one of the commonly accepted hmm. ones, and then people went, well, I would have preferred yeah. the original Sonic or you know the earlier MD games. It's got human teeth. <laughs> it just looks... <laughs> It just looks yeah. crazy. And the thing is, is that it's not just bad in stills, it's bad in motion. Mm. And yeah, I just... But it, is, it, is it dissimilar to, I suppose, when you have screen tests for films and people feedback and say, oh, we don't like character X or whatever. And then, mm, you know, companies go away and rejig so it. tech heavy. It, feedback isn't new. Or, I mean, even Martin Scorsese has to test his pictures. But the work required is much bigger. So if you don't like the ending to a movie, they'll probably go, right, get, you know, get the assembly, I get the rushes out, and it's, is there anything else in there, or do we have a different version, mm. whatever. This is the amount of time and cost and effort for the pit, for the, um, the effect house they're going to have to do this is going to be massive. But yes, I think the cost of the problem, but I'm, I imagine actually fixing it might be easier than the op, because at least then it's, it's all digital created character so it probably cost you an absolute fortune yeah but you're not going ah oh, he's got onto that picture now and has had to shave his mustache for that and then yeah, it, yeah. They, they both have their challenges that set yeah. and we've like the superman uh problem yeah. that when you who someone posted that picture and they've of um of superman in the edit and he's got that mustache before they they cgi it's fucking brilliant just keep yes, it it's tom absolutely. selleck now Tom, he's got, Tom he's Selleck got, is Superman, take my money. Fucking hell, yeah, Done. Jesus. Right, get the time machine. Yeah, I don't know. There are the pros and cons. The amount, it's not just how a character looks. There's also, I think, stuff about the rigging and the way the, the shot is composed, mm. how the matting is happening, the way the backgrounds are being inserted, the way that the blocking works with any actor, digital or not. That requires a phenomenal amount of change. And I think what they'll end up doing is the close-ups and anyone where it's really visible will be changed and anything where he's the blue blur or whatever, they'll try and slide it in or out, as it were. Yeah. I don't think there's there's much that... I mean, it, it, it depends how much they're redesigning it. If it's going to be a complete overhaul, then they basically have to start from scratch. Yeah. So that's, it's not just that's, about yeah. tweaking the values because then yeah. there's... Like, if the character's head then move, is wider... 
-hmm. So the framing, how does that work on the actual model if the model turns? So I'm sure it's an absolute nightmare. The yeah, teams of people working. Yeah. I mean, the the kind of upside is is that it's a bunch of ones and zeros. So as long as you've got the manpower, it's yeah. not like Martin Sheen has had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like wow. I mean, a cheaper yeah. way would maybe to have put out some teasers. But the, the teaser images were were reaction. bad. The yeah. teaser poster was decried as bad, but it was nowhere near as fucking bad. It's mm. like reaction to that was pretty bad. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, because I'm not for making things by committee, but maybe just yeah. think of just leak, is, just leak that model. The thing of it is, and see how this is obviously react. objectively <laughs> bad. It's got it's got human yeah. teeth. I know it's a the thing is, it, like, it's a fucking it's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's gonna be dog shit, however they make it. And the most of the people complaining about this are people who've been playing Sonic who, who were like you know ten when the fucking original came out. So they're all like, frankly, like too old to be able to have an opinion about this. Sorry, just just to give a little context this, this is Jim sat on my couch ranting about Sonic fans being a bunch of tossers whilst wearing Sonic socks and the Nevada t-shirt. I'm not being a tosser about it. I'm not being a tosser about it. I don't know. It does sound like it being... So, you know, whatever. My fucking... My 12-year-old daughter saw that trailer and thought, yeah, it looks great. There we go. Yeah, she's maybe, the fucking I mean, demographic. She's maybe demographic she's just stupid. Than, uh, she's she's not <laughs> stupid, is she? She's fucking... 12. She, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, go. She's stupid. 12-year-olds don't know anything. No, being 12 and being stupid isn't quite the same thing. Listen, There's a lot of crossover. I'm not saying that your daughter is stupid just because she's your daughter. All I'm saying is Maddox had this right. Is that all 12... I'm f I can run faster than your kid, okay? I'm taller. I bet I'm stronger. you can pull that to the test. I bet you can't run faster. I can. I bet you can. I'm on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim, cut that bit out as well. Um, send some of the daughter chat. Yeah. Well, look, my point is that she's the demographic. I mean, it's people like her that they, they, they need to bug their parents to go and see this film for it to make any fucking mm. money. Not the people who are in their 30s and still into Sonic, of which there, there is a fucking dwindling number. Did your intelligent and fast children bug you to see Detective Pikachu? And is uh, it any good? They did bug me to see Detective Pikachu, and it is really good. And it's, uh, it's, uh, and it's often being directly compared to the Sonic film because the character designs are so, like, the other way. It's like, well, actually, that works. Yeah, I mean, the thing about uh, if we can just just talking about the character designs compared uh, between the two films, Detective Pikachu's feel true to the to the spirit of the uh, you know the original designs, right? Even though they've been made furry and mm. live action and like initially yeah, some yeah, of them I bet looked, you like a bit of furry live action, don't you? Looked a bit, you know, some of them look yeah. a bit weird as a result. But um, I'm talking about going to see a film with my children and you're making it weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you just fucking stop that right Excuse now? Excuse me. I didn't say anything about yeah, fur. Your yeah, you are fucking, you're the worst person to have a discussion about anything with. This uh, is unbelievable. Fucking. Jim cut this one. <laughs> so, um, I can't even remember what I was fucking talking about. Okay, don't, don't bother. It's fucking shite anyway. Oh, wow. I've got a family and I love them and they love me and I've been out doing stuff with them. No one cares about that. <laughs> okay. On to the next question. Oh, where to go? For oh, right. Actually. Well, there is a question from Melissa. You said thoughts on the show. She didn't say that. She said thoughts on the show. Chernobyl. I'm really enjoying it so far personally. I think we'll probably come back to that in a future episode of which there will be some because we haven't seen it yet have we no well, I haven't but seen I'm it. definitely going to watch it 
I think even Steve Burns is going to watch it and he doesn't watch anything I, except fucking yeah. Bad Housewives of Miami or whatever it's called. Yeah, I'm going to take a while to be able to watch anything with the HBO logo in front of it for a while, I'll be honest. No, here oh, we go. Shots oh, fired. Oh, really oh, there's no dragons in this one. No, it's not that. It's just, it's just, I'm actually upset that Game of Thrones is over. So There'll be like 16 spin-off. It makes infinity money. Yeah, well, there'll be one spin-off that'll last for one season because Jane Goldman's writing it and it'll be shit. So carry on. Shots fired. Wow. Well, I can't wait oh, for that oh, one to oh, I'm sorry. Are there any fucking fans of the Golden Compass in the house? I didn't fucking <laughs> think so. Oh, speaking of CGI uh, beards and moustaches, didn't they, um, for the poster for the... The polar bear was CGI, yeah. It wasn't really. No, um, was Daniel Craig in that? Yes, wasn't he? He had... What I don't know, I've not seen it. It might yeah, be good. He, I think in the movie <laughs> the he had it. The books are fucking great. And also I saw a theatre version of it and that was amazing. Do you know what? Funnily enough. It's brilliant. Funnily enough, uh, his Dark Materials, right? Yeah. Um, the, that's HBO's next big fantasy thing. That's well, the, yeah, the, I mean, it's... Essentially, you've, I mean, it's not as big as Harry Potter, but you got a license It's weird how Jane Goldman's writing the Game of Thrones spin-off and not that, but... I haven't actually seen that film, so I don't know whether the film is bad because it was absolutely terribly written or it just looks awful. I'm absolutely... Or, can I please take that back? It's probably nothing... It's probably not Jane Goldman's fault. Yes, thank you, Jim. I was just trying to be pithy. You've said a lot of bad stuff today, to be honest, even more than me. Excuse me, no to accuse me of sexual deviance in front of my family, in effect. Well, I hope you can prove that when you're <laughs> up in front of the kangaroo court explaining yeah. it. Now, anyway... Um, right. Anyway, so, so listen, sixty people turn up to a fucking hotel in a onesie. The how is there no? Is there a sexual element? There's got to be, isn't there? No, they just like stuff. <laughs> just some of them shit themselves and get the bigger ones to wipe them up. No, that, no, is, that, do they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how do you get into this? Is there like <laughs> yeah. a like a, a there's a whole club? Because there, 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 there are baby furs and like daddy furs, right? Oh, okay. And this, like yeah, this actually like this is Zoho as well. I can see why you're upset by me saying this now. I didn't, again, surface level, I just thought... Once again, Burns goes off on one without knowing the full context. Yeah, well, not knowing the full context (laughs) is is how we win. Uh, Especially uh, in wars in the Middle East. So, I don't know, let's move off this topic now before... (laughs) Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Before we get litigated again. (laughs) I mean, it's just the two of you against each other, Are we going to have the... We've both got the same lawyer, fucked. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Kevin McCusker asks, any of you seeing Godzilla King? Of the monsters. That's Godzilla King of the monsters. It's <laughs> probably a car. Is there a colon in there? I don't know. Uh, Godzilla King of the, of the monsters. That, fucking hell. That was like a... That was did like you a, see Shin Godzilla? There was like a Phil K routine. Phil K? <laughs> Peter K? Jesus Christ. We've all got to stop drinking as well. Fucking much. turning into my dad. Wasn't Phil <laughs> K the Scottish there's, one? There's a lot of uh, CTE going on in this room, I feel. Um... I didn't... I've not seen any of the Godzilla movies since the 98 one. I haven't seen it, but we'll see it. Because you were saying it looks Have quite good. Have you seen the 2014 Godzilla film? No. Right. Should I? It's really good. It's fucking. Hold on. How much talking is there in it? Is right. there a lot of like talking? My ne- my literally my next point was okay. right, and I, I swear this is true. Okay. Right. I think it's got the fucking perfect ratio of monster drama and human drama. Okay. All right. I so that's that's ninety nine percent monster there, drama. Because you can't because <laughs> yeah. you can't have too much on one or the other. Because you know we too, can. too much of the monster drama. No, no. I agree with you. I'm, I'm coming in to back you up, Jim. Yeah, all right. Cool. To, yeah. Because what's God, like, so it's just fucking King of the Monsters is just fucking wrestling. Yeah, but with the, like, I, you know, it's robots fighting and shit, and it massive robots, and you thought that'd be cool, but actually, there's not really any stakes yeah. in it. It's a bit boring. Too much, no, too much of the monster cool. drama, and it's just it just washes all. It's you, you desensitize to it and you've got no stick but hold on what if the monsters are cutting promos 
But that's it's not literally wrestling. But what if Godzilla now speaks perfect English? <laughs> Or, or Mandarin for international audiences or whatever and, and cuts a promo and then Vince cut this is a much better movie please yeah, tell me can, can we talk can we just talk very briefly about how like that when uh, I thought um, uh, Avengers Endgame was just fucking ultra budget wet Wrestlemania and yeah. that's why it was brilliant mm-hmm. and everyone sort of having an argument about essentially whether or not it was fucking Tolstoy was wrong because like it is dumb, but like it's, it's fine to just have things yeah, that are just yeah, it's dumb as everything fuck. has to be laced with pathos. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, it's like look, the Avengers films are dumb as fuck, but they're fucking brilliant. You can be both that things can at happen. once. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, because that's you. wrestling, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. So was the was the counter argument, which I would understand that like everything is becoming that. Because there is an argument there, that, or, or certainly everything well, that's I think getting gen- the, the I think, amount of screens I think, is that. I think generally the counter-argument was just like, how fucking dare you enjoy stuff that's popular. But like, but that's a boring, I enjoy you know, stuff that's popular all the time. Yeah. I wasn't talking about you. This wasn't the morning you. No, I'm just saying, because people, people think, or I think, that sometimes they think, that I'm sitting around reading... Notes fucking from the underground. Well, the man who every fucking five minutes tweets an impassioned defense of Alien 3 when nobody asked. Excuse me. Firstly, let's not get onto that, all right? And secondly, see above. Now, what we're actually talking about, Godzilla. Right. Godzilla turns up and fucking, he's got a hat on now, yeah? Yeah. He's going to fuck shit up, okay? But before that, before that, yeah. he's got to give a promo about winning the King of the Rings. This is going to be fucking so good. This is the movie, right? Yeah. Vince is in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll when is uh, Godzilla that, King out? Well, the thing about... Uh, I don't know, soon. Well, the, thing about, the thing about the 2014 Godzilla, it's basically, right? So what you want from Godzilla, Godzilla is the big boy, Godzilla is fucking Andre the Giant, but he can't speak English, so you've got the human characters doing the promo for oh, him. So there's a, the, the human ca- characters are like the management. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're like Mean Gene. Oh, okay. You know? And so then, like Jimmy Hart is... Right. Oh, I don't know. We'll have yeah. to see. We'll have we're to putting see. a patron out for this this week. I tell you yeah, what, so if, if there's a steel cage, I, I, I would argue that Godzilla 2014, uh, as it, it, I, I love that fucking God, I love that film, um, and uh, all the spin-offs so far have been uh, really enjoyable. Kong Skull Island has been was fucking. I I. It had, I think it had a, a lot of criticism thrown at it. But Wait, is that the one with the fucking, fucking T Rexes and that cutting about? No, I don't think so. I don't remember that. Like King Kong. I don't. Was that? that are you talking about the Peter like, Jackson one? Yeah, the ones like there's like. Uh, six no, hours no, long. no, there's not the Peter Jackson one. It was like there's one. Fun. It was one like that's in this. It came after Godzilla 2014. Okay, because like, obviously, because oh, it's it, the Vietnam movie, but yeah. it's got yeah, yeah, exactly. King Kong in it. Exactly. King Kong's Kurtz, basically. Because it's set in like it's set in like the early 70s, and they go looking for King Kong stuff. So, like, the, the movie, all this fucking Godzilla franchise is building towards Godzilla versus Kong. So, you know. Okay. So, so this is like... Right, so, yeah. That's WrestleMania. Yeah. Okay, let's go watch yeah. some big monster movies. I'm in. You know. So this, right? is like, this is like money in the bank, and then we're building up to WrestleMania. See, this is how you, this is how you sell this movie, right? Yeah. Whoever's fucking distributing this, stop being a bunch of fucking knobs. <laughs> Okay. I don't care who you are. Let's get the ultimate warrior involved at some point yeah. as well. Yeah, but warrior is uh, sadly not with us. 
I'm, I'm, I'm just not that he's not here. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not laughing about the fact that he's not with us. I'm just laughing about your the sarcasm with which you delivered that. <laughs> Sadly, it's actually. It's I was going to get a whole cog, but that's always problematic. So who's the next one in that? <laughs> we're, we're not allowed to. Uh, <laughs> Jake the Snake Man Roberts is he all right? Uh, Jake Snake Roberts. I think mm, he did have some problems. He was. Uh, I, think, I think they've all got problems, really. But I think he's yeah, he's all right actually. Just it's a sliding now. scale. Just, just fucking say Stone Cold. Just say Stone like. No, he's too modern. I'm going the generation he's before. He's also had some uh, problematic incidents. Let's move on from. He's not uh, too modern. No, I said um, on about the ones before that. He's oh, on about the. Oh, shut up! Right, next question. Right, last question. Fucking make it a good one. So I need to go. Just before we move on to the last question, uh, I've played a few hours of Rage Two, and it's really good. Carry on. Okay, so it's a, it's a double header here from uh, from Lauren Aitken. Has Jim tidied his room yet? I'm not going. Not even going to acknowledge. That. I'll answer that for you, and that's no. And also, will you play The Witcher 3 if it comes to Switch? Do I have to give some backstory to that? I'm no. Not, why, it's funnier if you don't. Why yeah. Lauren Aitken's even asking that? No, I don't well, want to. I just I, I did, A, didn't know she knew you at first. So I just thought she well, knew she, that you uh, were she knows a messy me. bugger. Just she stop d- being a knob and answer the questions. Uh, this is fucking... Uh, that's, that is basically libel. Um, for well, us, you have an untidy room? Uh, yeah. That's absolute fact. Uh, the fact that it's true doesn't stop it being libelous. Not sure how I'm old up and got. Okay. Okay. The Donald Trump line of uh, defence. Yeah. Listen, what's... The, yeah, so The Witcher 3... Hold on. Uh, what's her next question? The, uh, will you play Witcher 3 if it comes on Switch? Oh, have you already asked her? Yeah. All right, okay. You were so... Uh, in your I'm headspace I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually outraged because this comes from a conversation that I wasn't privy to about me and my fucking leving a sock on the ground or, or, or several. The context is making it worse. Jim. It is, Okay, yeah. the con, you know, so... Right, okay, so, uh, which is, right, we're, the, the, all these rumours, there's, there's, there's been a Chinese... Your socks are about... There's been a Chinese... Three. Look, excuse me, like, right, the fucking sensible talk, talk now, right? Right, the Witcher 3... 59 minutes into an hour-long <laughs> podcast, let's get sensible. <laughs> fucking stop now. The Witcher 3, there was a Chinese retail listing for Witcher 3 coming out on Switch, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't know how dubious it is, or people seem to think it's quite authentic. The thing is, is that, like, the Witcher... You, you, like, I have a fucking... PC that struggles to want to run The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a PC that was, like, manufactured after the fucking Witcher 3 came out, which struggles to run The Witcher 3. Yeah. So... You try calling it a cunt? No, actually. But, you know, work. I mean, that is... It is, a, you know, it's, mm. it's quite a high-spec laptop, but it mm. still will struggle to run that run The Witcher 3. This is, this is 1050 Ti, if you're asking. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, because those people are fucking. Why do you? Uh, you don't know anything about. Um, I mean, it's true. So I just don't want. Still be wrong. I just. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to argue with those people. But the the point is, like, I love the switch. I'm on record for it. But like, I I, I really struggle to see how how much they're going to have to pair the Witcher 3 down yeah. in order to get it running on that hardware yeah. must be... Well, the reason why you've not been able to envisage this is because you're a fucking weapon. This is how I would do it, okay? <laughs> this is how I'd do it. Do it the old way when video games were actually fucking good and not about talking and that. Mm-hmm. You walk from left to right, <laughs> just knocking cunt out people <laughs> while fucking techno plays in the background. Completely like, incongruous. We're not talking about two different versions of fucking Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what you do. You walk from left to right. You've got those two swords or whatever. But you fucking just like Golden Axe meets Doom. Thank you. And also he's got he's got quips now. Remember in the in the olden days when sometimes he gets big if he eats some food. Ice to meet you. There's an ice world, right? Thank you. Remember in the olden days where like you know Aladdin is a prime example where you know instead of just port because the machines were so fucking different. Yeah. They wouldn't uh, often a lot of the time they wouldn't make the one game and port it between them. They would just have two different fucking games. Yeah, like Robocop versus the Terminator. Yeah, yeah Snares yeah. version. Snares version is shit. Yeah, and Mega CD Snares is bad. Yeah, bad, bad, bad. And the other one, Robocop Lion King. Versus, what's that? Lion King. No, they were, no, they were the same, weren't they? Were they the same? I don't know. Either or, either way. Yeah, I mean, lots of people have been talking about how, like, the ways you could do this. Some people have suggested that it might be like a weird kind of cell shaded version, which oh, you which, could do that actually. You know, so some people have suggested that the art style might have to be changed fundamentally just to get it running at all. I don't think it'll be quite that drastic, but I do wonder if if it does come to the Switch, then will it be so compromised that? the dream of playing Witcher 3 while you're sat on... I mean, you, you know, you, you can have two scenarios in one year while you're sat on the train on, on a toilet. I was um, going to say, I thought you went to train, it's like, oh, he hasn't said doing a jobby, and then you yeah. brought it immediately back yeah. but you know, jobby. But Why like, don't I just make it a, a light gun game? Or a side-scroller? <laughs> Why not make it a side-scroller? Why not make it a racing game? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's the race! That's it is. It's fucking. It's the Witcher three karting, isn't it? No, you, he's got a horse, right? <laughs> it's like, but like he's got. So, so it's it's G one jockey. But it's he's like Mario Kart. Some of some someone one person's on a horse, the other person's uh, riding a yeah, fucking trebuchet. Was it Road Rash? Road Rage? Yeah. Road, Road Rash? Rash. Yeah. yeah, punch the yeah, punch the horse next yeah. to him. Yeah. Not the actual horse. That's like even if you're a Newcastle fan. So it's it? probably it's gonna have to be a karting game where like you got the stages are like Novigrad and like the bog where people died. The, you know this whole tra- trend about how every time a game comes out, people want a Switch version because like but I want a Switch version because I want to mm. play it when I'm out and about. I want to play it when I'm on my commute. I want to play it on the bus. I want to play it on the train. That's why I always carry my PlayStation Four with me yeah. and a massive telly. I kind yeah. of like I've kind of I'm, I, I was yeah. like that at first with the Switch. You know what? I'm over it now because I've started to I've, I've played I've tried to play Skyrim for example on a train and do you know what it's not fucking designed to be played on a tiny fucking screen when you're on a, a vehicle that's shaking about it's crap well that's the, an unbelievable the, the, the Switch is an amazing st- and stuff that is mm, made for just, the Switch it's just okay at the moment no pairs no stuff sale. that like you know like, Mario Kart first party Nintendo Zelda stuff and zipping about doing footy and that yeah you know, that's the best lot, isn't it? stuff like like stuff that's made with handheld in mind stuff that's like you know first party for the switch and some very very scant examples of, of big console games that have been ported over uh, there are there are a couple that work in the, in the translation but for the most part it's i think you got to treat it as a handheld does it have so, in fact the other playstation plus game that's released this month which is awesome which is overcooked it does have Overcooked. And Overcooked that's the best is, game ever. It's great. you're all wrong. If you think I'm really bad at it, though, because I've got a bad brain. Can't do uh, normal thinking, essentially. I can't yeah. have anything. And also, your natural instinct is to spoil things for people. Um, yeah. You know, this has got a twist ending. Anything so that requires... Right. Like my brain just basically functions on out-of-order execution. So <laughs> anything that requires some sort of, you know, step-by-step, can you handle this? I'll probably just come up with some sort of Donald Trump factoid or... Uh, and then we'll get there, but it might take a while. Anyway, on that note, I'd like to go to the toilet now. So I guess we can wrap this one up by saying thanks for listening. Um, if you've been offended by any of it, 
then um, please write it down in a letter and stick out your fucking ass. And then, uh, then send it to Jim. Last, before I go, uh, Justice Herbert Watty says, what is the film equivalent of Aztec camera? And the answer is Serpico. So. Oh, okay. Oh, Dave's off to the Champions League final, uh, where Liverpool hopefully will lose, but I've had this horrible premonition they're going to win on penalties. So if that comes to Find pass, out more next week. Yeah, find out more when Dave has died, and so have I for various different reasons. Goodbye, baby. Bye. Bye.